Good morning, folks, again. Thanks, Dick. Thank you for that reading, Joyce. That was Lady Wisdom speaking to us from uh, the book of Proverbs, which is where we're going to be hanging out in the month of January. We're going to be studying through this great book uh, from the, the wisdom literature of the Hebrew Bible. We're going to dig into that in just a little bit. So if you have your Bible, you want to open it to Proverbs. Uh, if you open it to the middle of your Bible, you'll probably hit Psalms. Proverbs is the very next book. The book of Proverbs, the big theme that you're going to see again and again as you read through each individual proverb and each chapter of is this contrast between the way of the wise and the way of the fool. It's, you might not be surprised to hear that it's going to say, you should choose the path of the wise. You should go this direction and you should despise and shun and avoid the way of the fool. Again and again and again, you get examples about this is what makes a person wise. This is what a wise person does. And this is the attitude and the actions and the, the, just the day-to-day -day of the fool. And you kind of get to be at this crossroads and say, like, well, I can go there or I could go there. And sometimes there looks easier or uh, enticing. But Proverbs is going to call us in her wisdom the way of the wise again and again and again. And as a church, I, uh, we started announcing this in the newsletter a couple weeks ago. But what we want to do to heed the call of Lady Wisdom as we begin the year 2022 is we want to uh, listen and not just like hear these, these Bible verses and say like, yeah, we heard them. They went in here and they went somewhere out over here. And we don't just want to learn them and memorize them and add them to our, our shelf of, of Bible knowledge. But we want to hear in the Shema sense. And we talked about that before when... when when God's word says, listen, it's not just, I want you to hear something. It's, I want you to absorb something. And I don't just want you to keep it here, but I want this to impact every part of your life. This is going to be the way to wisdom. I want you to listen now to the opening lines of the book of Proverbs. And it's going to explain what the purpose of this book is. And I want you to notice that it's not just learning for the sake of learning. And it's not just know this so that you have known it. But it's have it so that you can use it. You can, this will lead to prudent behavior and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord. Proverbs chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, the king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, for doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple and knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and the riddles of the wise. Whew, that's a long sentence. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Already from there, you see two things. You see that this is something that was intended to be put into action, and you also see that contrast that I spoke about. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, the way of the wise, but over here, fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's part of the call we want to make as a congregation, is to take our biblical knowledge and to put it into action, into a God-honoring way of life. And I think if we're honest, lifelong Christians can admit that that maybe is the heart is part of following Jesus, is taking the things that we hear on Sundays, that we read in our Bible studies, and putting them into practice. Um, and we discover as we go through Proverbs and as we go throughout life that wisdom is acquired and it is, is gained by the actions. 
by making wise decisions and wise choices and shunning the way of the fool. Being old does not necessarily make you wise. Sorry, if you're an older person and you thought, I've arrived, I must be wise. You might be wise, but being old doesn't necessarily make you wise. Nor does being educated necessarily make you wise. Folks who've had lots of education or grown up in the church and gone to many, many Bible studies and go through the commentaries and can tell you what the, the Greek words mean. I, hey, I do that sometimes, don't I? Guess what, Jacob? You're not necessarily wise just because of your knowledge. Being wealthy or successful in life doesn't necessarily make you wise. And going against the old adage, going to bed early and being early to rise does not necessarily make one healthy, wealthy. But what we will find is that wisdom is proven by her actions. So that's what we are called to do, not just to hear these words of wisdom from Proverbs, but to live them, to figure out what they have to do with our lives and to put them into play. A couple of weeks ago when Tina and I were cleaning out the church library, you, maybe you know that we have a church library now, but it's this collection of books back there. They've been collecting for the long, 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 long time. There's a lot of old books. There's a lot of old materials. We went through there and tried to update things. And in the process, we had to throw a lot of old stuff away. I, Joseph, I think I got a picture. When I dumped all this stuff in the dumpster, I felt kind of guilty. And maybe this makes you mad. But I found all these old cassette tapes, uh, Bible lessons on cassette, and VHS tapes. Uh, raise your hand if you've never push play on a VCR and you never have activated a uh, VHS tape. Some of our young people may not know what a VHS tape is, but we had a lot of this stuff in our library and I said, you know what, I'm going to throw this out. And it was hard to do for a few reasons. One, I'm sure the church paid a lot of money for some of these Bible studies back in the day and I'm like, ah, it's a shame to throw them out. Two, these probably still contain really useful information. The authors who put these studies together and the videos that were made in that old VHS square format that I can't stand, uh, I'm sure that they're really, really good videos and they were helpful for a time. And the third reason is maybe that you guys feel this when you're cleaning out your garage, is that you go to throw something away and you have that thought, maybe, just maybe, later on down the road, I might need this. Or maybe not me, but somebody else might need this. So maybe I'll just hold on to it for another cleaning cycle but the reason that I threw this stuff away is because it wasn't being used. A lot of this teaching material is in an obsolete format, and it was buried on a cluttered shelf in a room that most people in this church didn't know existed. And I made the call. You know what? Let's get rid of it. Because it may be the most valuable information in the world, but it's not being used. And the same is true of a lifetime of acquired biblical knowledge that doesn't ever make the short journey from your head to your life. That's not what we want to do as we study Proverbs together. We want to say the way of the wise and the, the way that we gain wisdom is by putting these teachings and these, these wisdom sayings into action. And so we're at the beginning of a year. This is a convenient time for us to make New Year's resolutions. And I've already heard several Christians say things like, you know what I want to do in 2022? I want to read the Bible more. And I say, that is great. That is an awesome goal, and I applaud you, and if you're still looking for a New Year's resolution, you might consider reading the Bible more. And to help you with this, and as we go in our series of Proverbs, and in the effort of putting these words into practice in our lives, we want to invite you to read one chapter of the book of Proverbs every day 
for the month of January. Maybe some of you have already started doing this. We invited you to do this in the newsletter, uh, and it's January 9th today. And so if you woke up and you read Proverbs 9, then you're in business. If you haven't done this yet, it's not like you missed the, an important element of the story that you can't pick up and go. These are sort of one-offs. You can start tomorrow on January 10th. But we hope that you will do this. It's, there's 31 days in January. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs. It works out really well. Uh, we want you to join us in doing this. This might bless your life. This might increase the amount of time that you're spending in God's Word each day and each week. Uh, I'm going to continue doing this. Uh, it's been really, really cool so far, just soaking in this wisdom. And I want to invite you to do that. But if you have made the New Year's resolution to read the Bible more, which again, that's a good thing, I want to make one little suggestion for you. Instead of just reading the Bible more, maybe resolve this year to read the Bible better. Because sometimes, like the acquired Bible studies that we have in our church library that don't get used, more is not necessarily what we need if we don't understand what it is we're reading, or if we don't know how to apply it, or if it just goes on a shelf in our mind somewhere. Again, it's good to spend time in God's Word, but maybe a goal this year is to read differently. Maybe read fewer verses at a time and spend more time reflecting on them. Maybe make a change to how and where you spend time in God's Word. Maybe do it along with a partner. Maybe go and take your Bible to a public place and read it there if you haven't done that before. Maybe if you're not in the habit of reading your Bible out loud, listen to how those words sound when you say them out loud. Another way that you can read the Bible better is to understand what it is you're reading. This is something I'm going to talk about as we go throughout the book of Proverbs. But again, a reminder that not all types of writings in the Bible are the same. Uh, the Bible is a collection of different kinds of writings. There are biographies, and there are histories, there are lists, there's poetry, there's wisdom literature, like, like Proverbs, and the book of James that Hank read from us earlier. This is wisdom literature. There's different kinds. And maybe make it a point this year before you read something or as you read something to understand what it is you're reading, because that will help you understand, what am I supposed to do with this? Not all scriptures, not all Bible verses are equally weighted. And that might come as a surprise. Like, it's all God's word, right? It's all, it's all important. Different kinds of genres of writings should be received and applied in different ways. And if you begin to understand that, it's going to help you on the journey to not just take things and file them away and be able to memorize them, but to actually go out and live this godly, wise way of life that we're aiming for. Uh, anyway, I'll talk more about that later. And as we go throughout these sermons in Proverbs, there'll be little uh, bits of, of teaching and my own commentary about that along the way. Um, but yeah, please join us in reading one proverb, one chapter of Proverbs in the month of January, and make it an effort to read the Bible better if you're able to. Uh, if you haven't started reading Proverbs yet, you can go back and do it in one day. Again, they're short chapters, and there's just very, very accessible wisdom sayings. And what you might have missed in, in Proverbs 1 through 9 is a lot of really good gems. You missed the introduction about what the purpose of Proverbs is. But hey, you heard it this morning, so you're up to speed. You've met Lady Wisdom if you've been reading Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. This personification of wisdom in the form of this woman who calls out and invites people to listen and to heed the wisdom of God. That is all throughout chapters 1 through 9. If you've been in 1 through 9, at some point this past week, you hit Proverbs 3, 5, which is that classic memory verse, trust in the Lord with what? 
all your heart and lean not on what? Your own understanding. Maybe you didn't know this, but if you go to In-N-Out Burger and you order a milkshake and you look on the bottom of the cup, you will find that verse, Proverbs 3, 5. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge the Lord in all of your ways. He will direct your paths. In Proverbs 4, you get this passage that says, the beginning of wisdom is this, colon, what is it? Wait for it. What is the beginning of wisdom? Get wisdom. Get wisdom. It's a passage that says, the thing you should do, the thing you should invest all of your money in, you should put all of your chips on this one square, get wisdom. It's so important. I heard that while I was driving and went, wow, that's awesome. Uh, You also in Proverbs 5 through 7, you get a lot of information. You may have noticed this if you read it, about the licentious woman, the adulterous woman. Avoid her. She calls you away from your commitments. And this isn't just your, your marriage and your family, but this is anything that you've disciplined to do, anything that you're dedicated to do. But she, she's like this siren and tries to call you away. And Lady Wisdom says, don't listen to her. Listen to me. Be faithful in your commitments. Don't be led astray, even though it may seem enticing. It's been awesome. It's just we're nine days in, and there's just so much that you can soak up. So I hope that you join us in this. And then in Proverbs 8, you get the blessing on those who find wisdom from Lady Wisdom herself. And it sounds like this. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. And all who hate me love death. That's good stuff. The book of Proverbs is actually a collection of wisdom sayings that have been gathered throughout many centuries in Israel's history. From the time of Solomon and the kings up through, you know, past the exile and then back into Jerusalem again, maybe the 4th and 5th centuries A lot of them are attributed to King Solomon. If I said, who wrote the Proverbs? You might say, well, King Solomon. It says that. He wrote some of them, and some of them are attributed to him. But they're a collection of sayings that have been gathered and saved and used and applied in worship settings for Israel and in schools where they teach wisdom and they teach the Torah and also in the homes. That's why you'll find a lot of practical stuff about, you know, the the faithful wife and the faithful child and this is the, the, the functioning household and things like that. These were things that had been road tested, tried by the people of Israel and say, these are the sayings we ought to hang on to. This is the wisdom that comes from heaven. And again, the purpose of Proverbs is spelled out right from the start. The purpose is for gaining wisdom, for gaining instruction, understanding, knowledge, and again, not just here, but then prudent behavior and for doing what is right. So as we begin this study and as we turn you guys loose to reading these each day on your own, there's something that's important I want you to know, and that is how the ancient people use these Proverbs, how they received them, how they understood them, and what they did with them. Uh, And... It was the wise teachers of Israel who collected these Proverbs and then also the people in the homes that put them into practice. We need to understand that they did not treat these like rigid formulas. They didn't come to any chapter of Proverbs or any one proverb on its own and say, oh, you know what? This is like a cookie recipe where if you mix this in with this, then you always get this. And that's important because sometimes we think that's how we should treat the Bible. And if the proverb says, do this, this, and this, and you'll always get this, well, what happens when we don't? What happens when we are let down? 
and we're disappointed. Part of the problem with that is we bring our own expectations to the Bible that the ancient people never had, those who collected the sayings never had, and maybe if we have a better understanding of what we should do with these, it won't shake our faith so much. Let me give you an example. Proverbs 22.6 is a popular proverb you may have heard before. It says, start children up the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. You might be more familiar with the old King James phrasing that says, train a child up in the way that they should go. When they're old, they will not, it will not depart from them, or they will, it, they will not depart from it. The main idea behind this is that if you raise your kids right, they're going to turn out okay. And if you instill when they're older, they will be faithful and disciplined. So now, understanding, if you come to it like it's a recipe, and this is what's going to happen if I put in X, Y, and Z, what happens when a faithful Christian family raises their kids right? And they go to school, and they pray the prayers, and they learn about Jesus, and the parents are great at modeling the ways of Jesus, and they teach about faith in the home. And then years go by, and all of the children grow up, and they don't believe in God. They don't want to go to church. They don't have faith. Okay? And that happens. With a rigid understanding of the Proverbs, an idea that says, well, it says it's going to happen, and that's that. We can set our watch by it. Here are kind of the options that you have. The family might say, we don't understand. We did everything right. We did everything that it said we were supposed to do, and our kids still rejected the faith. The conclusion that this family might draw is, this verse must not be true. Or maybe even the whole Bible is not trustworthy or true. That's one possible conclusion that could be drawn from that experience. Another one is that an observing family might come along and say, well, you know, the Bible says if you train up your kids in the right way and they depart from it, then it's going to stick with them. These parents must not have done everything right. Even if they think they did, there must be fault with the parent. That is the conclusion we're going to draw. Those two options are kind of grim, if you think about it. Either the Bible is not true, or these parents are big, fat failures. And this is sometimes what people will do when they have a rigid understanding of how Scripture, and specifically how the Proverbs work, or should be used or interpreted. They ask the question, okay, well, you know, somebody got it wrong. So was it the parents or was it the kids? Because it's not the Bible that's wrong. It's, it must be one of these. So which one is it, is the questions we come to Scripture with or in our Christian community. Doesn't that remind you of an encounter that Jesus had with his disciples? Where they, they came upon a blind man. You remember this story? And they're like, all right, Jesus, we all know if someone's blind, it's because God is punishing them for some sin. So it's one of two things. It's either the parents sinned and their kid was born blind, or the guy himself sinned at some point along the way and was struck blind, because that's how it works, and we all know that. So Jesus, tell us, because we really want to know. Was it the parents who sinned, or was it the man himself who sinned? And do you remember Jesus' response? He says, I reject your premise. You are making assumptions, and the assumption is that God inflicts people who sin with illnesses or disabilities, and Jesus says, that's, that's not how it works. Your, your, your premise is wrong. You need to back up and not thrust up on me the fact that there are only two options because that's not how it works. And the same thing we need to keep in mind when we come to the Proverbs, when we come to any wisdom from the Bible. We need to make sure that we are not bringing assumptions of our own 
to a text that never made those kinds of promises and was never intended to be used in such a way. The Proverbs, I think, were always meant to be a collection of wisdom sayings that typically reflect how things go and how things will go. So again, these are time-tested things. If somebody wrote down, this is what usually happens, you might find that in your life. A lot of times this does happen. It is true that a lot of kids who can't hold on to their faith, they were trained up well in it. They had Christian examples, and faith was modeled for them in the home, and, and on and on and on. So a lot of times this is true, but it's not, and this always equals this. We need to understand that when the ancient people came to the Proverbs, they treated these like an ongoing conversation. The wisdom is this. I'm going I'm to tell you something that my experience shows me. We were, it was always meant to be received and gone. Like, you know, let me think about that one. That's kind of my experience too. Or I've noticed this. But what about in this case, sometimes this is, doesn't always work out. Well, what do we do and how do we wrestle with this? I think that's the point. We were not meant to come to Proverbs looking for answers, like short answers uh, on a quiz. They were meant to be absorbed and to be thought about and reflected on, applied in our lives and tested and then discussed within the faith community. And this is important. This is going to avoid us from doing the finger pointing thing or coming to Jesus and saying, well, which is it? Because it's got to be one of these two. Sometimes we're wrong. And Jesus is okay with us saying, let's just back up and make sure we understand what's going on first. Now, this is the part where some people get uncomfortable because it sounds like we're saying the Bible is whatever you want it to be. And we can just kind of make it up as we go along. That's, I'm not saying that. I'm trying to say there's a, there's a healthy way of understanding and applying Scripture. And let me give you a couple examples from the Proverbs themselves that kind of point out that you can't just go looking for easy answers here. Proverbs 4, 7 says this. The beginning of wisdom is, and I said this earlier, the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. Make that your number one priority. But then if you jump to Proverbs 9, 10, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And when I said it earlier, you might be thinking the, the beginning of wisdom is, well, the fear of the Lord. Because chapter 9 says fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but chapter 4 says the beginning of wisdom is get wisdom. So which is it? Because if you're looking for an answer for a test, there's two choices. And you say, hey, I want to get this right. It's got to be one or the other. How do we reconcile this difference? Maybe we are making an assumption by saying there's only one right answer to the question, what is the beginning of wisdom? Maybe they're both true. Here's another example, and I love this one because these two verses are back to back. Proverbs 26.4 says, do not answer a fool according to his folly or you yourself will be just like him. So, you know, don't engage, don't, don't, don't dance with crazy, don't engage a fool when he's being foolish, or you're going to become just like him. So it says, do not answer a fool according to his folly. But then the very next verse says, answer a fool according to his folly. What? Else he will be wise. Answer a fool according to his folly. Because there's a lot of foolish people in my life that I got to call them out or I got to not call them out and I want to do the right thing and I love the Lord and I love the Bible. What do I do? Well, you take a breath and you say, it's not about getting the answer right, it's about reflecting. It's about a situation where, yeah, you ought to call this fool out because he's running off his mouth. Sucked in to something that's going to be a foolish effort. Maybe it's both. Maybe sometimes it's, it's neither. But it, like, a, you see what I'm saying? 
It's a conversation. It's applied wisdom. It's something that we have to take and use ourselves. And we just don't get easy answers. If you come to the Bible and you're looking for easy answers, you rarely get them. Now, I'm not saying, again, that the whole Bible was just written in pencil and we can add whatever we want or subtract whatever we want or ignore whatever we want if it suits us. I am not saying that. And I'm also not saying in in what I'm describing here that these Proverbs aren't valuable or that they're not special or superior in some way to worldly wisdom because I think that they are. I think, and we're going to talk about this more next week, that this is God's word. This is more important than just a slogan that's written on a billboard or that shows up on somebody's bumper sticker on the car that you're behind. This is something that we do need to take seriously because the wisdom that we're trying to get to is the very wisdom of God himself. And Proverbs talks about this. In, verse, or in chapter 3, it says, By wisdom the Lord laid the earth's foundations. We know God created the world. If we go to John 1, we know that Jesus was there. In the beginning, the word was with God, and through him all things were made, and nothing that was made was made without him. It's God and Jesus, the, the, the Godhead was there creating the foundations of the world. But according to this, God made the world by wisdom. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided, and the cloud let drop the dew. Wisdom is as old as God itself, and it's woven into the fabric of our lives, our very existence. I didn't make a slide for this next one, but I wanted to share this extended uh, description because it's similar in chapter 8. Proverbs 8, starting in 22. The Lord brought forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. It was formed, I'm sorry, I forgot to emphasize. This is Lady Wisdom speaking. And remember, Proverbs chapter 8, the Joyce read for us. Lady Wisdom says, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. This is who we're talking about. Lady Wisdom is describing herself. I was formed long ages ago, at the very beginning, when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water, before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep, when he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I, wisdom, was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in God's presence, rejoicing in his whole world and in delighting in mankind. So we're not going to take Proverbs lightly. This is not just up to what we want it to say, interpret it however you wish, take it or leave it. No, no. These Proverbs are the way to the wisdom that comes from heaven, that is of God, that is with God creating everything we know. The wisdom, the order, the justice, the the rightness of what God intended for his creation. So yeah, these Proverbs are important, and we're going to take them seriously. And yes, we should know them. Yes, we should heed their guidance. And yes, we should test them, and we should wrestle with them, and we should always apply them in our own lives. That's what we're going to be doing in January. I hope you're excited about that. I am. I've been studying these. I've been reading my chapter a day. And it's been wonderful. Some of these just, I was driving the other day, 
And there was this description in chapter 4 about, you know, the wise versus the wicked. And, and the wicked stays up at night and is kept awake trying to figure out evil schemes. And I'm like, ooh, that sounds terrible. That's not me. But then I had to ask myself, whoa, 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 hold on. What keeps me up at night? Is it like trying to figure out new ways to be wise? <laughs> is, it, is it just like I, I can't decide, like, who I'm going to love and, and bless and how sacrificial I'm going to be today? Or is it more along the lines of, this foolish guy who's trying to figure out how to squeeze more selfishness into his day, trying to get more out of people, how to control and get people to do what he wants them to do. If I'm honest, sometimes that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. But so it hits you. It'll come in your life and it'll rearrange your house if you let it. That's what we want these Proverbs to do for us. Some years when the calendar turns and it's January, Happy New Year, what's your New Year's resolution? If you asked me that question, I, I wouldn't know how to answer it. I, don't, I hadn't written anything down. You know, I'm, I'm in the, involved in some other disciplines, so I'm, I'm not really sure. But this year's different. This year, if you ask me what I want to do differently this year, I can name I don't know if it's because 2020 was such a weird year. I mean, think about it. Like, we started worshiping only online, and then we were back at Easter time, and then we didn't have to wear masks for a while, and then we were wearing masks in, in the seats and online some weeks, and, like, it's just, ugh, church has been weird. Life has been weird. I had a knee surgery. I talk about it a lot, and it's still something I'm kind of adapting from. My, my rhythms were thrown off. I mentioned before, you know, we, Lisa was pregnant, and we had a baby, so just, uh, and, and I'm sure there's versions of that in your life, too, things that you weren't expecting. Uh, maybe things that have kind of gotten you off, off, uh, off book and away from where you wanted to go. But that, that's me for sure. And I need to confess that this morning. There's some things that I don't want to be doing that I've been doing and the things that I ought to be doing that I've been neglecting. And so you know, the beginning of the year is just a convenient time to do what Proverbs is calling us to do throughout the year. And that's to choose the way of the wise, to make wise decisions to be more disciplined, and to live a life that leads to wisdom and that honors the Lord. And so I want to give you two invitations this morning, and one I've already made, so here it is again. Read Proverbs with us. Make a commitment to reading one chapter of Proverbs every day. Just look at the calendar. If it's the 11th, read chapter 11. If it's the 20th, read chapter... You're getting it. All right. Join us in doing that. I think it'll bless you. It's already blessed me. And then the second invitation is a little more specific. If you and you feel like there's, there's one discipline, there's, there's something that you'd like to change, something that you haven't been doing that you want to do, like come and share that with me. I will keep it confidential. I will be all ears. I won't throw stones at you because I'm right there. Uh, you know, we can hold each other accountable. We can be uh, New Year's resolution buddies. And I'll text you in a few weeks and I'll say like, hey, how's that going? Uh, is it working out for you? That's something that we can do as a church community. But with all that in mind, all this effort to try to, you know, get on the right path and to, to, to be, do the right thing and to get it right, we need to keep in mind that no matter how far we've strayed, there's an invitation from Christ to come back. And the invitation to wisdom is always there, and the invitation to Christ is always there too. Like the prodigal God who waits for his son, who went away in disgrace, and dishonored the family, that the father just waits and says, you know, I'm here. I want you to come back. That I want us to hear most loudly of all, is that there's this call of Jesus to just come, come back home, come and follow me. Tell me what you've been up to, find rest in me. And that's the call this morning. If you, if you need a buddy, 
for with your New Year's resolutions, come and talk to me. <coughs> Excuse me. If you just need to come back and say yes to Jesus, like I want to take my faith more seriously, I want to worship him, I want to pray, I want to love him, come and talk to me about that too. I'd, I'd love to encourage you in that. We can encourage one another there. I want to invite Bill to come back up here, and I want to ask you all to stand with me if you are able to do that as we sing this last song, celebrating the joy and the forgiveness and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ.